0: And welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one brand new page of Talmud a day. That's right. You've heard the different theme music, and that can only mean one thing. It is no longer Tractate Tannis. It is now a brand new Tractate, a brand new Masechet. And this one, I don't want to play favorites, but this one is is way up there in my own personal hit list. Masechet Megillah. It is so wonderful and so packed with rich and strange beauties. I'm going to start just by reading a little bit from the first Mishnah up top. This is how it all begins. The Megillah is read on the 11th, on the 12th, on the 13th, and on the 14th, or on the 15th of the month of Adar, referring, of course, to Megillah Tester in the story of Purim. Not earlier, or not later. The Mishnah explains the circumstances when the Megillah is read on each of these days. Cities... That have been surrounded by a wall since the days of Joshua, son of Nun, read the Megillah on the 15th of Adar, whereas villages and large towns that have not been walled since the days of Joshua, son of Nun, read it on the 14th. However, the sages instituted that the villages may advance their reading to the day of assembly, i.e. Monday of Thursday. When the rabbinical courts are in session and the Torah is read publicly, and the villagers therefore come to the larger towns. As it so often does, the Talmud has this wonderful, sneaky, tricky way of ambling into a great, big, rich field of knowledge and discussion by introducing an edict that sounds, well, a little too dry and a little too legalistic. Here to open the door. Here to tell us what this all means. Here to introduce this wonderful tractate. Who else? You know him and love him as much as I do. The one and only Rabbi David Beshevkin. Hello, my friend.
1: Liel, what an absolute joy to begin this journey of such a festive tractate, which also happens to be one of my absolute favorites, not just because it is about the Megillah, referring to Megillah's Esther, which tells the story of Purim, but because one of my absolute favorite holidays is the holiday of Purim, and all of the laws appear over here. And I think the most important idea to understand at the center of this tractate is the uniqueness of the Megillah itself. The Megillah retells the story of the Jewish people being saved from the Edict of Haman and the heroism of Esther who pleads before the king Ahasuerus and eventually forms the holiday of Purim. As many know, this Megillah is absolutely unique of all of the books in the entire Tanakh, the Torah, the Prophets, and all of the writings, in that it is the only book that the name of God is completely absent. He does not appear, there is no prophecy, and the name of God is never mentioned. And what's really fascinating throughout this tractate is that this book, without the name of God, is actually treated in many ways like the Torah itself. We look at the Megillah and we extrapolate laws from it in ways that we only do with the Torah and we do not do with the prophets or later writings. We extrapolate new laws about how the Megillah needs to be written, the rituals of Purim. And it's very strange. This is the one book where God's name is not mentioned. So why is this the book, all of a sudden, that we treat it with the sanctity and the religious seriousness of the Torah itself, extrapolating new laws throughout this entire tractate? And what I think this tractate is all about is the formation of the interpretive community of the Jewish people. Absent divine prophecy, absent direct word of God, Absent the divine presence in our lives seen clearly as it's seen in other books of the prophets and the Torah itself, the Jewish people needed to reorient themselves and find a way to approach text and approach their lives and form interpretive communities where meaning can be found even when it is not clearly expressed by God himself, so to speak. And what this tractate is going to be about is going to be about constructing that meaning through the very communities of the Jewish people and how we interpret and construct laws when we no longer have prophets giving us divine texts from Mount Sinai. And that's what makes Purim and the Megillah so amazing. That even when God is not speaking clearly and directly to us, the Jewish people stay together and we create this interpretive community and we approach the very text where God is absent and so to speak, create divinity and construct divinity in every line, in every page, as is evident in the way that we approach the Megillus Esther and the way that we approach Tractate Megillah. And it's so beautiful that the very name of this tractate is Megillah, which we usually think refers to a scroll. But Megillah in Hebrew can also mean Megaleh, to reveal. Because what this tractate is about, and what Megillah's Esther is all about, is being Megaleh, revealing the divinity, even when it seems obscured and absent.
0: Rabbi Bashevkin, what a beautiful explanation, and I can't wait to continue and reveal all the secrets and treats of Tractate Megillah with you. Thank you so much for being our guest.
1: My absolute pleasure. This has been Take One,
0: a production of Tablet Studios. If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. I'm your host, Leah Libowitz, and our producers are Josh Cross, Sara Fredman-Ader, and Robert Scarmuccia, with help from Quinn Waller.